This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. Deacon Mike Sweeney here, and our guest today is Dr. LaTanya White from St. Peter Claver Catholic School. Welcome, doctor. Thank you. Now, if you don't know about, clearly, doctor, you know about St. Peter Claver, so principal there, you better know about it. Sure, absolutely. I do have to give a little bit of history here. The history is tragic Mm -hmm. and yet triumphant. Well said. The oldest continuously operating historically black grade school in the whole state. Yes. First of all. Correct. So the the tragedy part happens way back in the late 1800s. Late 1800s, a school is built Mm -hmm. and burns down. Mm -hmm. And I have to read this entire inscription because Mm -hmm. it will blow you away. Mm -hmm. Building just burns down. And this is what is posted on a tree nearby. And I quote, this inscription is posted in this place to say that the late fire on these grounds was not caused by any ill feeling to the Catholic Church, but because the citizens do not propose to submit to a, not going to say the word, school in the midst of the white and retired resident portion of the city and warn that in case another institution of the same character is operated in this vicinity, it too will meet the same or worse fate. And to persist in the same line will certainly cause destruction of the convent and your other churches. That is the history of St. Peter Claver Catholic School, the tragic part. Mm -hmm. But then what happened? And what happened, the religious orders, the Jesuit priests, the sisters of the holy names of the academy said, no, we are not going to stand for that. We will not tolerate that. And they opened St. Peter Claver Catholic School, reopened, I should say. And the rest is history. Here we are, 129 years later. It is such a great story. I mean, not the burning down is horrid. Mm-hmm. However, the response of the Jesuits and the, the school and, and you know, the, the students, I'm sure, mm-hmm. to say, no, you're not doing this. Mm-hmm. We're rebuilding. Right. Try and stop us. Absolutely. A true testament of perseverance, faith, uh, faith, hope, and love, which are the three uh, tenets of our mission statement and who we are. Are your students aware of that history? Yes, they are. They are very much aware of it. Initially, they were not. Mm. And now it is there. It is a historical marker and it is presented there. So they know that it is there. It's a story of perseverance. A story of perseverance. So tell us a little bit about St. Peter Claver. You are in the southern part of Tampa. Uh, What ages does your school accept? We are downtown Tampa, and we accept students as early as age three through eighth grade. Three years old. Three years old. They eat chalk and lick the floors. (laughs) They do. (laughs) And they count and sing and recite our daily prayers and and recite our mission statement as well. That is beautiful. And you go all the way up into teenagers, what grade? Eighth grade. So roughly about 13 or 14 years of age. Can you talk about the, what's the ethnicity of of the school? Is it primarily an African-American? Primarily it is. We are about 95% Mm -hmm. black students. And we do have some students from mixed races there as well. We, We have a diverse faculty and staff. 
and we are here to open our doors to serve all students. What are the class sizes like? Class sizes right now are about 1 to 15, so very small class sizes. That's very good, yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually have a relative that was teaching locally in the Hillsborough School District, Mm -hmm. and at one point she had double that. She had 30 students Mm -hmm. to one teacher, and it was mayhem. Right. The wonderful thing about a small classroom setting is the teacher really has an opportunity to connect with the students and their families. And it is a great opportunity for students to receive individual, small group instruction, if you will, but ultimately to just grow as a community. You know, I said before how uh, the three-year-olds are probably eating chalk and whatnot, but uh, it shows you how old I am. Because classrooms don't really use chalkboards anymore, do they? No, Deacon. Right now we're using iPads and we're using Chromebooks and we are using the Vibe board. And we have a Stream Lab, which is uh, in a Catholic school, Stream, which is a formation from STEM. So it stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art. In a faith-based school, the R is for religion. Also, it's for reading. And then, of course, mathematics. Now, what is a a vibe board? A vibe board. It's a glorified whiteboard, if you will. Remember the whiteboards and the projector that you would have to mount to the ceiling or another device to project any type of uh, screen. But now the vibe board is a huge uh, screen and it has all of the application, all learning applications. It's on a huge easel. So it just moves about in the classroom. And most of our curriculum is digital. So it really is a great interface to use and bring instruction to life in the classroom. Man, classrooms have changed. Indeed. It, even in my time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned iPads. Do the students, are textbooks even used anymore? <laughs> what has happened? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do have some textbooks, but a lot of our material, a lot of our content, it has a digital platform as well. So it's interchangeable. Okay. So it is very interactive. And so it has that component to bring those supplemental uh, exercises and activities to life and the students really are engaged in it man back in my day i have to just i can't <laughs> i have to back in my day mm-hmm. we would have a, a book bag that had 40 pounds of books in it and now it's it's lightweight may have a few pencils pens and oh. maybe glue and snacks <laughs> <laughs> these kids today will never know the but, pains walking to school uphill both ways and everything else Heavy book bags. Absolutely. But we do have some of our um, curriculum has an actual hard textbook edition. Good. So we do go back to that tradition. Good. So we keep that going. It builds muscle. Absolutely. (laughs) um, So when when you're talking all of this tech stuff, um, is there an expense that gets passed on to families? You know, if they each have their own iPad or or MacBook or however it's done. Yes. So there is a technology fee that our families do contribute. Okay. Yes. But that's so they can have their own machine and... Absolutely. And we know that we rely on Wi-Fi. We rely on the connectivities of the the whole platform and be able to operate it. But we offer the low, low price of a technology fee for our students uh, to be able to use. 
the so devices. Anytime you're talking a Catholic school, there's usually a tuition involved. So can you describe how, what the tuition is like and how, how is it paid? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure you have scholarships. Every school seems to have scholarships. We do. We are very fortunate to have the Step Up for Students scholarship, and that pays for about 99% of the tuition or either 90 or 95, between 90 and 100% of the tuition. Uh, some parents may have a differential pay of between the cost of tuition and the actual tuition scholarship award amount. And that is set up and designed on a monthly plan over 10 months. Based on So income. it makes it easy based on, right, okay. based on their income. Absolutely. We're talking with Dr. LaTanya White from St. Peter Claver Catholic School here in Tampa. If you're a parent thinking about the next, you know, September, or actually I'm, I'm thinking New York. Yeah, School August. starts in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's much earlier mm-hmm. here in Florida. Starts in August. You're a parent thinking about what to do with little Johnny or mm-hmm. little Sally. Mm-hmm. Why should they choose St. Peter Claver over, say, a public school? St. Peter Claver offers a rich community enveloped with people who, and surrounded by people who care a dedicated faculty and staff, smaller classroom sizes, novel learning experiences through our stream lab and our keyboard lab and our science curriculum, which has been updated to include many facets of hands-on discovery. We have a wonderful support network. We offer our students the opportunity to prepare for their future by attending another Catholic high school as they continue their educational journey. It's got to be tough, though, in education nowadays. You know, you turn on the news every day and you hear about bullying and sadly, even suicides happening from students being bullied. And, you know, if you are young or, or old, please never consider that as an option. Don't bully no. and certainly don't take life. It's just never okay. No. So how do you address making sure your students don't get into bullying? And if they are, mm-hmm. it does happen. It how, does. Do you, how do you deal with it? We do. We, we immediately res- get to the matter. We find out what is happening. We talk to the students. We involve the parent as well because we do believe that our parents are part of the partnership. And so we address that issue. We correct that issue. And sometimes, unfortunately, we do have to issue consequences that may be appropriate for the nature of the the bullying. Suspensions, expulsions. Suspension, expulsion. Yeah. Correct. correct. Do they do any sort of in-school suspension? We do. We have yeah. in-school suspension. We do have a contract, a student contract that we have our students honor. And sometimes we have to implement that extra clause. Can you talk a little bit about what else your school provides as far as sports or the arts? We do have an excellent uh, performing arts, we like to call it, our program. So we do offer music, we offer theater, physical education, and we do have art class five days a week. So we have not minimized or it's not on a part-time schedule. This is part of our curriculum. It is part of our school So our students have a support class in either art, theater, music, stream, or 
or physical education five days a week. That is awesome. It seems like music, is, as, as a musician, it seems mm-hmm. like music is the first thing that they get cut. Yes, yes. So, good. I'm glad, glad to hear you're supporting the arts. And, Absolutely. And Absolutely. So, talk about, um, are you ranked with other schools? And can you tell us a little bit how St. Peter Claver is ranked compared to other schools? Are they gonna, going to get, you know, is it an average education, above average, as far as testing goes, things like that? We are not necessarily ranked in our schools. Um, we do fall in line with, we, we offer a challenging curriculum and we do accept our students where they are and we challenge them to the next level. So we raise that level of expectation. We do our best to provide a quality and novel learning experience for all of our students. We're talking with Dr. Latanya White from St. Peter Claver Catholic School in Tampa. So we have just about a minute to go here. How can somebody learn more about St. Peter Claver or even get in contact with you for a tour, anything like that? Right now, this is enrollment season, and we are now accepting applications for the 23-24 school year. We have a wonderful advancement director and his name is Chris Anzalone. He works closely with our families to help get them through the process and enroll our students. So uh, you can always go to stpeterclavercatholicschool.org and you can follow the prompts there on our website. You can also call our school office at 813-224-0865 and anyone can help you schedule a tour set up time to come and talk about our wonderful program at St. Peter Claver. Dr. LaTanya White, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me, Deacon. It was great. It's wonderful. Great to be here. You're listening to How We See It, a look at issues and ministries that are having an impact in our community and world. If you missed any of today's program, you'll find a copy on Spirit FM's SoundCloud page. There's a link to it at myspiritfm.com. Now, back to our program. On this edition of How We See It, we've invited our friend Lou Ricardo, who's the Director of Marketing for Catholic Charities here in the Diocese of St. Petersburg, to talk a little bit about some of the events coming up with Catholic Charities and how you might be able to support our friends in need. Lou, welcome back to the studio. Thanks for having us, John. We appreciate your help. Tell me, what's going on? Well, uh, you know, we have different fundraisers throughout the year. One of the ones that took a hiatus because of the COVID Mm -hmm. uh, virus has come back, and that's the Valspar Open. It's called Birdies for Tampa Bay Charities. It takes place at the Copperhead Course at Innisbrook uh, Resort in Palm Harbor, and uh, they've been doing it for 40 years and generated over $40 million in charitable contributions for the greater Tampa Bay area. We've partnered with them for the last five, six, seven years. They've brought it back this year, and we're looking for folks to support us. Okay, how, how can people support all you need to do is there's ways to, to reach information. Go on to our website, ccdosp.org. On the fundraisers tab on the menu at the top, you'll see all the find all the information you need on the Birdies for Tampa Bay Charities fundraiser. And basically what you do is the idea is if you love golf, and it's a way to attract a different group of people, but if you're a golf lover, the real way to do it is you guess how many birdies you think all the PGA Tour players are going to score during the event. You can purchase guesses online at Catholic Charities, or you could text the word birdies to 91999. 
You guess the number of total birdies you think the players will score. You can buy guesses. You can buy up to 30 guesses, and that will cost $500. One guess costs $20. If you win and you're selected, you win four round-trip airline tickets to anywhere in the continental U.S. Wow. So it's a little fun. You know, if you're if you're a fantasy football guy and you, you take that into golf and you, 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 know, you want to guess the number of birdies, uh, we have a, on our website, on the donation form, we have the historical number of birdies. You can have a little fun with it and watch some golf, but also track that. So the, the golf course is a pretty challenging course. So let's say you have a golfer that shoots, uh, on average, three under parts, a, a 69 for one round. And he, you know, that goes over four days. Three times four is 12. So it's 12 birdies right there for one golfer. Right. And you have 60 golfers, I'll say starting Thursday, and then there's a cut after that. So you you can see it could really range widely. I mean, some players will shoot a 65, 63. Others will shoot no birdies and get cuts. So. Yeah, it is amazing over the past 10 years – the number of birdies, I mean, the range is, is pretty tight. It's like between 1,300 and 1,500 wow. birdies are scored in total during the tournament. So how much money have y'all raised in the past? The most we raised prior to COVID was, I think, uh, $8,000. Okay. So it, it, But we only focused on our free medical clinics. Okay. And so it's a much smaller group. This year, we've changed it up, and we're opening up to all of our programs. Okay. And if you have a passion for the medical clinics, great. You can designate that as where you want your donation to go. If you have a passion for immigration services or affordable housing or homeless shelters, you can support those. Uh, the wonderful thing is every dollar you give, and it does go to Copperhead Charities, it flows through back to us. There are no fees, and then they put a 15% bonus. Okay. So they're a nonprofit, and they add 15% of the total. So we expect more this year because we're opening up much more broadly than just our medical clinic supporters. Right, right. right. Go to ccdosp.org to find out a lot more about that. You can give uh, different ways also. Right. You can, you know, if, you, if you're not a fan of putting your credit card online, you can write a check. The information is there on our website. Write a check, mail it in to them. And again, the money will flow through to us. Or again, you can go online, use your credit card and do it straight online or text the word birdies right. to 91999. Okay. Let me shift gears real quick. I, I recently read a release that uh, you mentioned the medical clinics. You hired a new doctor, as I understand. Yeah, we have a new volunteer director. His name is Dr. Carlos Lamute. He's a well-known OBGYN, currently practicing at Baycare Medical Group in Plant City. And he's replacing our longtime medical director, Dr. Brather, who, who recently retired. So we're grateful for him to step up to volunteer and provide oversight to our pregnancy centers. So uh, we're looking forward to his, uh, his role in helping us grow our pregnancy centers. And it's important to know that you don't have to be a physician to volunteer to help out at the pregnancy centers, especially now that the laws have changed and more people are taking their pregnancy to term now, but they need help. Yeah, we need people to answer phones, people to be with clients, assist them while they're there. We have many donations, so keeping track of our baby boutique and formula and diapers, et cetera, uh, supplies, we, we can use a lot of people. Sure. Well, Lou, it's always good to talk to you. I'm sure we'll be talking again in the next month or so about more of the great things uh, that are happening with Catholic Charities, and we want to do a follow-up on how you did with the Birdies for Charity. Thank you, John. Appreciate your support. Now I want to turn our attention to another aspect of Catholic Charities, of which Spirit FM is being a part of. 
Deacon Mike Sweeney had an opportunity to talk with Avery Bellamy about the Easter Baskets of Plenty program that Spirit FM is partnering with with Catholic Charities. Here's part of that conversation. Hello, Avery. Welcome. Thank you, Deacon Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. It's nice to have you. You're going to talk to us a little bit about the Easter Basket of Plenty Drive. You are in my lane right now because I love me some Easter baskets filled with chocolate and things like that. And that's what this is all about, right? Collecting candies for the deacons of the diocese. Oh, you wish. We are collecting wonderful supplies to make Easter baskets for 500 children living at the San Jose Mission and the San Juan Diego Mission. Now, this is the third annual Easter Basket of Plenty Drive. It kicked off back in 2020. And now we get to bring joy to the children of the San Jose Mission again. That's beautiful. What kind of items are you collecting? So the items that we collect involved pacifiers, diapers, baby wipes, outside soccer balls, bouncy balls, bubbles, chalks, hair accessories, deodorant, socks, notebooks, markers. So you'll see that these items just aren't the fun toys and crafts. They're also necessities. They're things that these children need. And so we stuff the baskets full and the children are so thankful and the parents as well. But it's it's not only items of need, it's also the fun stuff as well. Of course. Yeah. We want to give these children joy on Easter, just like every other child out there. So we put candy in there, you know, the chalk, the bubbles, and the children get so excited that they drop their Easter baskets, pull out the toys, and start playing right there at the event. These are families that really can't afford to buy these items. So this might be the first toy this child has received in their life as possible. Correct. So the San Jose Mission is affordable housing community for farm worker families. So these families, they don't have a lot. They're at the San Jose Mission. The San Jose Mission provides housing. They provide um, counseling. They also provide food, some clothing, and just all around services that these families could need. So the Easter Basket Drive brings the fun to San Jose Mission. It brings the regular Easter holiday that all of us get to participate in to the mission. It's beautiful as Catholics. It's beautiful when we spread the gospel message, especially about Easter and the resurrection. But as a child, you need to be able to celebrate with the Easter Bunny and all that other fun stuff. So I'm glad that you're doing this again, third year in a row. How were the previous two years? How successful? Very successful. So the aim is to make 500 Easter baskets. And the first year we handed out 460 Easter baskets on Holy Saturday. The rest were distributed on Easter Sunday when the children came for mass because not all the children can come on Holy Saturday because their parents are working and they couldn't bring them. And then the second year, we handed out 480 baskets. And then the same thing, we handed out the rest. So this year, I bet more people will turn out. Awareness is growing. The children know. They're excited for it. The parents are ready. Things are very expensive in grocery stores. Yes. And actually, the families that work there, they mainly work in agriculture. So they work the farms for the strawberries. And it's been a very bad season for the strawberries. Really? It has. um, It's been extra cold. The strawberries have been dying. It hasn't been as plentiful as other years. So the parents haven't been able to get as much work 
and therefore they haven't been making that much money as they used to to support their families. So there is a higher need this year to provide some necessities for the children, but also like you stated, it's fun for the children to be able to participate in the secular aspects of the Easter holiday, just like all the other children out there. If somebody wants to participate in this, they want to give some items to this drive, Can you list off some of the items that you are collecting and where can people bring the items? Okay, so there are actually four ways to donate and participate in this Easter basket drive. So one is you shop for the items, for example, the crafts, the toys, the candy, and then you drop them off at drop-off locations. For one, Spirit FM is a drop-off location. Also, they'll be on the road for their fish fry tour, and they'll be at different parishes, and you can learn more on their website about when and where. You can also go to the website and find more drop-off locations to see if your parish is participating A second way to participate is to use Amazon. Believe it or not, there's something called Amazon Smile. You can go to our website and find the direct link to Amazon Smile. We have all the items that we need. You put it in your cart, you purchase it, and it delivers it directly to Catholic Charities. So you don't have to worry about finding an item that's good for the child. You have it listed there. You can do some clicking and buy the item right on Amazon. Correct. Nice and easy. It has all the items already there from the diapers to the bubbles to the soccer balls already picked out. You just click. And then you hit purchase and it sends it our way. So nice and easy. You are not looking for used items, correct? Correct. So just new. If somebody goes out and they're at Walmart or wherever else and they purchase some items to donate, where can they bring them? You said Spirit FM is one place, but surely there are others. Yes, there are. The San Jose Mission for one. And also some other participants would be Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Petersburg. Mother Teresa of Calcutta Catholic School, all the way up in Lutz, as well as St. Timothy, which is their partner parish. St. Anthony Catholic School, all the way up in San Antonio. And then you'll have St. Anne Catholic Church, all the way down in Ruskin, and more. So that's just a good um, little demonstration about how the parishes are stretched out. So if you are up north or if you're down south and you're not close to Dover, which is where the mission is located, you can participate. It's spread out throughout the whole Diocese of St. Petersburg and more parishes and schools are joining every day. Beautiful. What's the time limit for this? Yes. So the drive kicked off on Ash Wednesday as it always does every year, to start the Lenten season. And this year will be ending on March 31st. So it gives our Catholic Charities team enough time to collect the items and create the baskets and get everything ready for Holy Saturday. Catholic Charities is one of my favorite charities out there. It's all over the place, and they do incredible work here in the diocese. I was looking up some stats of just what happened in the past year, and you are looking at over 10,000 people served just in our diocese. 4,500 individuals housed, which is amazing. I don't know if people realize the homeless issue that we have in this Tampa Bay area. Yes, the homeless situation in the area, especially over the last years since COVID hit, has been growing. More and more people are on the streets. And it's not just the men and women that you see by themselves. It's 
families. So a lot of people don't think, oh, a family could be homeless. Yes, they are. They're homeless all the time. And where do these families go? So Catholic Charities has homeless shelters. So they're emergency shelters to just get people off the streets. For example, Tampa Hope, which opened last year. But also, we have affordable housing communities. So that is what the San Jose mission is, to get families in affordable housing communities. They do pay rent, but they pay it according to their income. So it's not overly priced, and it is to be the solution to homelessness. So the homeless shelters is a temporary solution to try and get people off the street for the night, back into good jobs. But affordable housing with Catholic Charities is also a part of Bishop Park's initiative to get more and more families off the streets into affordable housing. It is a part of his courageously living the gospel appeal, and Catholic Charities has opened three new affordable housing communities within the last year, looking to open another one called St. Benedict Affordable Housing, all the way up in Citrus County coming this spring. We're talking with Avery Bellamy, Marketing Communications Coordinator for Catholic Charities in the Diocese of St. Petersburg. Avery, thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.